This is the Dropback Podcast, the show that goes deep into the minds of the athletes who've played the most demanding position in sports. Here's your host, Bill Burke. Before I jump into this episode, I wanted to take just a quick second and say thank you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Thanks for following along. Hopefully you've been entertained by the first 10 episodes, but more importantly, I hope that you found a lot of value in the conversations that I've been able to have with my first 10 guests. If you'd like to continue supporting the show, share it with a friend. You certainly can leave a rating or review in Apple Podcasts, and you can head over to dropback.com to sign up for our newsletter, and we'll keep you up to date on any future episodes and any fun content uh, that we send your way. Dropback.com, D-R-O-P-B-A-Q.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. This is episode 11, but this is actually the first solo episode, and for this one, I really wanted to share a personal story about my playing days. It's not so much about me as it is the coach that I played for. And you might have heard of him. His name's Nick Saban. Uh, In my opinion, the greatest college football coach uh, that's ever walked the sidelines. And I had an interesting career at Michigan State filled with a lot of ups and downs, but um, no coach really had a greater impact on me, not just then, but as I live my life now, than Nick Saban. So I wanted to share this story. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, And I'll also tie it into a current book that I just finished, and uh, it's really impactful um, because of the lessons in that book, but also it makes me think about and reflect back on how those lessons were taught to me in a much more subtle way, and I didn't even realize it. So here we go. The year is 1998. I was a redshirt junior. I had finally waited my turn. I was patient. All the other quarterbacks ahead of me in line had now graduated, and it was my time, or at least I thought. I was prepared to start, uh, but we had a hot shot, true freshman by the name of Ryan Van Dyke, who I episode or who I interviewed in episode three on this show. And Ryan was very talented, and the coaches wanted to get him some playing time as well. So it's the opening game of that year. I was going to start, but Ryan was going to play as well. So we both shared some time. Uh, overall, as a team, didn't play as well as we could have. We ended up losing that game. Uh, the next week, we go out to Oregon on the road playing Achilles Smith. Very tough team. Um, Ryan got a severe injury in that game that sidelined him for actually, I think, the next five or six weeks. But during that game, uh, it wasn't even close. We got beat pretty easily, and it was a difficult loss uh, for the entire team. And needless to say, I I didn't play as well as I could have. But I don't know that if I did, uh, it would have mattered a whole lot because um, on both sides of the ball, we really got overmatched. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, the next four or five weeks, as I mentioned, uh, Ryan Van Dyke was sidelined. So I had that monkey off of my back. I didn't have to worry about looking over my shoulder, but I did have to worry about performing well and helping my teammates perform well and putting us in the best position to win football games. And I think as a team, we just weren't there yet. We didn't have a solid identity. And as I mentioned, there were a lot of ups and downs. Uh, We beat some teams that maybe we shouldn't have beaten. Uh, Notre Dame comes to mind. I think they were ranked 10th or 11th in the country at that time. And uh, we beat them pretty easily at home. Uh, we also lost to a, a, a really bad Minnesota team at that time on the road. I think we lost by one point, um, and they scored a bunch of points uh, in the last couple of minutes. So we really had a, a bit of a meltdown there at the end. But now the next week rolls around, and it's time to play Northwestern at home. Uh, Ryan Van Dyke is now healthy, uh, back from his injuries, and I was told that once again we go back to the original schedule that we were in at the beginning of the year and share some time, even though I was going to start those games. 
So I played well. I think in the Northwestern game, Ryan played uh, well as well. We won that football game. And uh, in, in my opinion now, I guess I was naive to think this way, but I thought that experiment was now over. I thought I had done enough uh, to earn the, the starting spot and, and to keep that uh, just for myself. Uh, I was dead wrong about that, as I'll mention here in a minute. But uh, the following week, um, we go on the road, and this is against the number one Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, we are 28-point underdogs. That's four touchdowns for those of you scoring at home. I'm from Ohio, and coming out of high school, not that I, I was a huge Ohio State fan, but it's nice to be recruited by the big school in your home state. Uh, did not get a lot of attention from Ohio State, uh, so I felt really motivated uh, to go back into Columbus and come out of there with a win. I wanted to show everybody what I could do. I was wanted to show that staff that uh, they wrongfully passed on me when I maybe could have uh, could have helped their team as well. Uh, but I woke up on the morning of the game all excited. Uh, I know I had some friends and family coming to the game. And um, you don't really need a whole lot of motivation to get excited to play in front of, I don't know, 90-some thousand uh, fans in person, millions on national television, uh, because you're playing the number one team in the entire country. And this is why you want to play in the Big Ten. This is why you want to play at Ohio State or Michigan State or any of the other schools. You want to test yourself against the top competition uh, not just in that conference, but in the entire country. And I was looking forward to it. I was extremely excited. But once again, uh, I was quickly brought back down to earth when our offensive coordinator came uh, to me before the game and said that once again, I'd be starting, but we were going to trade off every three series. And at that point, uh, you know, mentally and emotionally, I think I had just had enough. And I was really upset by that. Um, was really dejected. Um, angry almost because I, I didn't want to have to share that position with anybody else. It was nothing personal against Ryan, uh, but I think he, uh, he would tell you the same thing. You know, when you're a quarterback, you want to be the guy, especially when you're taking on uh, your home state school and they're number one in the country. So emotionally at that point, I, I kind of was so upset that I just, I kind of said, screw it. And I just let everything go. You know, I just said, you know what, if the coaches don't believe in me anymore, then I don't feel like there's a lot else I can do here. I'm just going to go out and and play the game, and I'm going to forget about everything. I'm going to forget about all the, the pressure that I'm putting on myself. I'm going to forget about winning the starting job. I'm just going to go out there and get back to why I started playing this game in the first place, and that's just because it was fun. And I went out there and started the game. We got hot early, completed some passes. Uh, Plexico Burris had a hand in that as well. Um, continued to play well, and after the first three series went by, I was told that I was going to stay on the field, at least for the, the near future or the foreseeable future. Uh, of course, uh, in this type of a game, depending on how the ebbs and flows go, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, for the time being, I was never told to sit down. So I just kept going in there, kept playing, and we kept the game really close. And there were a lot of reasons for that. Uh, our defense played really well. Uh, a lot of players stepped up when there were injuries in front of them. Our kicker, Paul Edinger, uh, I believe in that game, made five field goals, uh, which is or was a tremendous help in getting us to where we were in a position to win the football game at the very end. But I'll give you the long and short of it here. We were down 17-9 to in the third quarter. Now, let me just repeat that. We're down 17-9 to against the number one team in the country, and we were 28-point underdogs. So nobody thought it would even be that close. Uh, but we were in the game. We were in there. We were swinging with the 
the big bully on the block. And I felt good about my performance, and I certainly did not want to be the guy to make that big mistake that loses the game for us. Because not only uh, was it important that I played well, but I wanted to help our team win. That's really really what it's all about. Uh, Winning is everything. And uh, when you're going up against the best competition in the country, you want to put your best foot forward. So uh, 17-9, third quarter, and they bring a blitz. And we're on their side of the 50. Uh, Now, for those of you that don't know, when we are in a blitz situation and they are going to bring more defenders than we are keeping into block, then we've got to throw a hot route because there's one free coming in on defense. And our hot route on this particular play was a short out route by our tight end, Chris Baker. And I don't know if he ran it a little deep or my throw was a little behind him. It was probably more the latter. Uh, Also, the safety read it really well. Uh, Came up, jumped in front of the pass, and picked it off and took it all the way to the opposite end zone for six points. And at this point, it's now... 24-9, 24-9, and I come off the field, and I am just unbelievably angry with myself because we are in a position to keep it close and have a chance maybe to win the football game in the fourth quarter. And again, I didn't want to be the guy that was going to put us in a situation that we were going to lose the football game. I come off to the sideline. Uh, Coach Saban grabs me by the arm, and I angrily just rip my arm away and continue walking right for the bench. And Coach Saban just calmly... T- turned back to the field of action and continued to coach. And I was able to cool off a little bit, went back into the game, uh, played well, completed some passes, made some big plays, uh, actually threw a touchdown pass after that um, in the third quarter, I believe it was. Maybe it was an early fourth. Um, but we won the football game. A lot of big plays. We could kind of go back and do the play-by-play. Uh, Ronaldo Hill made a big interception to end the game. Our defense played really well, as I mentioned. We got some turnovers. Uh, we did a great job on special teams, but we won the football game, and we upset the Ohio State Buckeyes 28-24. to The locker room situation after the game was just one I had never seen before. It was absolutely euphoria. Coaches were hugging players, which I had never seen before, and as I turned around and gave Nick Saban a hug, he planted a huge kiss on my cheek, and his expression was priceless. I mean, I had never seen the guy that happy in any capacity. So the final score was 28-24, to 24, and we're all flying high. We go back to East Lansing. We celebrate. The next morning is Sunday, and every Sunday we come into the building, the football building, and we do something called Stretch and Stride. And that's just to loosen everybody up, make sure everybody's still in one piece, uh, work the kinks out a little bit, get the soreness out a little bit. We stretch out as a team, and then we run the length of the field about 10 times just at half speed just to kind of get the blood flowing, break a little sweat. And you can have the option to get one of your lifting sessions in that day as well. But um doesn't last very long. Again, it's just to kind of get the blood flowing. Coach Saban addresses the team after we're done with that. And he talks about uh, what we did well in the game. Obviously, he also mentions some things that we didn't do so well that we maybe need to work on in the coming week. Uh, everybody goes home. We get the rest of the day off pretty much. Um, uh, Now it's Monday morning, and every single Monday morning, we come in at 6.45 a.m. to watch the film from the game. And college kids at that age, as you can imagine, not very awake. Everybody's just kind of groggy. And we stand in the lobby of the football building waiting for the coaches to call us in so we can all watch a film from the game and analyze it a little bit with our position coaches. Well, As we're standing there on that Monday morning, the director of operations comes out, and I see him walking towards me, and he says, Hey, Bill, 
Nick wants to see in his office. And I thought, okay. And I puffed my chest out a little bit. And I thought this was finally going to be the time where coach gave me my due, gave me a big pat on the back. Maybe he would have even told me that he was wrong about me. Maybe he would have said that he was wrong to doubt me. And he wanted to tell me how well he thought I performed in that game. Um, I couldn't wait to really hear that from him because it was some affirmation that I had been waiting for for quite some time. And he opened the door to his office and he told me to come on in and have a seat. And he shut the door behind me. He sat down and Coach Saban proceeds to rip me up one side and down the other about how I disrespected him on the field Saturday uh, against Ohio State when he tried to talk to me. He just wanted to coach me, wanted to talk me through what just had happened, and I didn't allow him to do that. And instead of chasing me to the bench or chastising me right then and there, he calmly pulled out a piece of paper, wrote down a note to himself uh, that he wanted to have a talk with me and, and continued coaching the game. I was shocked. Uh, I was apologetic. Um, I was very respectful. I, I didn't want to be disrespectful to him in the game. I just explained to him that I was really upset with myself uh, because I wanted to put us in a position to win the football game, and I was disappointed that I had made that mistake. I was shown the door. I walked out with my tail between my legs and my head down, and I filed that away under lessons learned, and it's one that I have never forgotten. Now, the lesson that I took from that is 99 out of 100 football coaches would have let that slide. Why? Because you just beat the number one team in the country. It was the greatest win in your coaching career up until that point. It was a national upset that everyone was talking about, and it's something that nobody thought could be done. And 99 out of 100 coaches would have said, you know what, I didn't like that. I didn't like that my quarterback disrespected me, but I'm going to let that slide. Not Nick Saban. One of the characteristics that makes Nick Saban so great at what he does is attention to detail. You know, I'm reading a great book right now called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, and the premise of the book is there are just a few little simple things that you can do every day to move you closer to your goals or a few things that you're not doing every day that can move you further away from your goals. And a lot of times, those things are invisible. You don't notice them right away. Uh, they add up over time. They build momentum over time. And in the case of a football program, if you're a football fan and you follow uh, the game a lot, sometimes you'll notice that a, a program maybe was in the cellar, um, maybe didn't play so well for several years, but then all of a sudden over the last couple of years, They've really gotten a lot better, and now they're contenders. Things have changed. The, the script has been completely flipped around. Or the opposite can also be true, where a team is really dominant. Uh, they've had several years where they're um, at the top or, or very near to the top, and then over the last few years, they've really fallen off and fallen behind. And the reason for that is now I've learned it's really the slight edge principles, and a lot of those principles are obviously ingrained in Nick Saban, uh, because if you let a quarterback disrespect you on the sidelines, then it becomes easier to let the next player that disrespects you get away with it. And that momentum builds, and you start to get further and further away from the principles that are going to lead you on the road to success. And slowly but surely, the program starts to come apart at the seams. And before you know it, a few years have gone by, and 
you're a terrible program. It's in bad shape, and your players are disrespectful, your players are in trouble, and the losses start to add up. And you don't really know why. Uh, But I think it's so important to concentrate on those little things that are really easy to do, but they're also really easy not to do. Because those principles from the slight edge, they cut both ways. And there's a there's a slow, invisible ripple effect in both directions. So you really have a choice to make in your own life. Are you going to do the little things that get you closer to your goals? Or are you going to do those or not do those few things that are going to move you further away from them? And the really big takeaway I took from that book is those results, they're invisible, you can't see them a lot of the time. So you think, you know what, I'll skip a workout today. It's not really going to have that big of an impact. And you're probably right. It's not going to magically make you add 10 pounds. You're not going to gain weight. You're not going to suddenly become drastically out of shape. But the next day, it's going to be easy to skip that workout as well. And before you know it, a week or a month or a year has gone by, and you are so far away from your goal that uh, it's hard to even believe. And it's harder, that much harder, to get back on track and go to the other direction. So I would just challenge you and ask you, what are you doing in your life or not doing in your life that is either getting you closer or getting you further away? I appreciate you listening. I thank you so much. Uh, please give me some feedback uh, if you enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't, leave a rating or review on Apple. Visit dropback.com for more information. Sign up for our newsletter. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.